morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0, and we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Happy Halloween, the spookiest edition of NXT Talk. It's the one-year anniversary, scary, or something. We should probably think of a better title than that. Although I'll probably just make that the title. Boris, how you doing, big homie? <laughs> you got me there. I'm doing great, man. <laughs> doing great. Happy anniversary. This is great. You know what? This is probably one of the longest relationships I've ever had. <laughs> I love it. But in all reality. I think reality. this is like a top three for me, for sure. I think this is the third longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> I love it. Man, I'm in a great mood. I have no idea what we watched earlier tonight, but we're going to be talking about it. Um, we're going to be talking about NXT TV Halloween Havoc 2021, October 26th. Again, all the belts change except for one. Ironically enough, the one belt that didn't change is the one I thought for sure would. And then we're going to be talking NXT UK on NXT UK Corner, and we're going to be chatting about the October 21st episode. But before we get there, again, happy anniversary. This is one year. Last year, we started this show on Halloween Havoc. And it's crazy to think how far we've come. We've come from this show being direct competition to AEW Dynamite. And now it's not even competition to Dark or Dark Revelation or Rampage or Main Event or ROH or any <laughs> other show we ever talk about. Well, I think it's a little harsh. <laughs> it's a little harsh. But uh, I know I know what you're saying. It's it's funny. The Wednesday Night Wars have ended. There was a clear victor declared. It was not NXT. We're not on the winning side. That's fine. We're not here to, you know, be winners. No, man. I love NXT. I used to love exactly what it was. The, I, the platonic ideal of a wrestling fan. Just the super indie. All of the best wrestlers that you saw on the underground finally together wrestling the best matches and hopefully they were going to move up onto the main roster of wwe and have great careers but we saw that that experiment did not work out and this is what we are left with boris and you know what buddy if it's going to be developmental this is at least entertaining developmental television you can't say it's not you honestly it really is like i on the okay I will be honest, I'm very tough on this show, on the threads. Because when I'm watching this, I'm literally thinking, what the fuck am I watching? There's my one F word for the show. And I, I used it well, because really, what the heck am I watching half the time? But I look at the clock, and it's like, it's already 9.30. I'm like, ah, sure, I, I've been sports entertained. I've been Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pritchard and Mitz Command entertained. Yeah, no, I feel you. you sufficiently hit that level. And two hours is way better than three in the Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard style of wrestling because it just, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. It's just, and it's not very logical. The logic isn't super tight. So the more you see of it, the less you want to see of it in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I do enjoy 
where NXT is at right now. I do actually like really think the place, like the show is in a good place. Um, oh man, it, it has fallen a lot though. Before we go on, can we talk about the card on the first podcast that we did last year's Halloween Havoc? Please do, because I want to reflect a little bit over the past year. Like, it's been a crazy year. Like, we've gone from being direct competition to us not knowing how we're going to fill the hour to us just having fun at this point and doing whatever we really want that, you know, and just chatting developmental and developmental league. But before we chat about the Halloween Havoc 2020 card, I honestly want to thank, number one, I want to thank you, Matt. You've been awesome to work with. Again, I don't, oh, I don't thanks, think people buddy. realize... You know, we're very close now, but when we started this show, we were neighbors at best. Neighbors who saw each other and nodded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we weren't like super close buddies. Like we are now good friends because we talk every week and we talk about wrestling more often than that. And we happen to both be Dolphins fans. We both love wrestling. And, and, and like I've seen you around the city because we both go to a bunch of wrestling shows and wrestling related things. But yeah, we weren't like super close friends until this started, man. It's actually like, it's funny how this all came about. But man, yeah, I'm very glad we got it going. And like, thank you very much to anyone who is listening. And I think, uh, yeah, I hope we've done a good job. And I definitely think I want to keep it going as much as possible. Watch this NXT show until it uh, is canceled, which could honestly happen at any time. It could be by Nova. It could be before Remembrance Day, buddy. It really could be. Like, we, you just never know at this point. But honestly, I want to thank everyone for listening. You know, it's crazy to think that a year ago, we were doing this show literally for a contest to see if we would be part of the SNME group. And here we are, part of the group. Um, and it's just like the past year has honestly just been crazy. And I want to thank everyone who has listened. Um, you know, we've made some pretty good friends through throughout the year, too, as well. You know, you got like Sean, you got Paul Yorkie, you got everyone else in the entire group. Um, you got the East Coast dads that we chat with all the time. Um, you yeah. know, it just I want to thank everyone and especially especially joe mark jason and dan like you you know you guys have really you've helped us you've you've guided us you gave us the opportunity and here we are running with it a year later and it's honestly been a hell of a ride absolutely yeah so many fans like so many people are so great on the forums and have been so nice reaching out on twitter and email and various uh platforms so yeah i like just everybody, thank you so much, and thank you for your contributions to SNME Radio. I don't want to get too far up our own arse here, Boris, but I do want to talk about some goals quickly. So, like, let's talk about it, man. In a year, like, like it's like some goals for the podcast. One-year goal. Next 365 days, I think we want to do more YouTube for the group. Let's try to like break into some more YouTube things, like maybe do some live shows. If there's ever a takeover, we can consider doing like a nice live YouTube show. Also some long form stuff, you know, I, uh, I currently do like top five videos on YouTube for operation sports. And I, I work really hard on those. I'm really proud of them, but also like, I do think, we have a lot uh, more to offer in, in some ways. And I'm not like poo-pooing what I do at Operation Sports at all. Like I am very, very proud of those. And I promise you, I work really, really hard on them. But I think we can break into some other things on YouTube as well. Uh, in in three-year goal, Boris, my three-year goal for this podcast, let's get some regular interviews going with some real people. We Let's try to raise up to like a Chris Van Vliet, Brian Alvarez level. If we can get there. And then my five-year goal is I would like to draw a single paycheck 
from the wrestling business at least once. Be that from announcing on a show and a small indie, be that from being on an NXT takeover panel, be that from taking over Smash Wrestling because I think they might be broke and <laughs> someone's got to take over for them. Yep. Yeah, honestly, and it, like, you know, when you sent me those, I'm like, yep. Those are lines, and that's honestly what what's made this pairing really cool. Is like somehow we've always been on the same page, and that's honestly been one of the best things, honest, like over the past year. And again, I'm not trying to blow so much smoke up our arse, but that's just honestly the truth. Um, so you know, this week this show is on the on the regular feed. So Matt and I we chat NXT every single week. We usually get right into business, uh, but, uh, you know, today, it being the one-year anniversary, we just want to take a little little side uh, sidetrack. We wanted to veer and shank off the... Uh, off the, uh, off the beaten path. But yeah, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just like, you know, these are the things and here we are. But again, the last thing I want to do before we get to business is I want to take a look at how far NXT has, I guess, come. I'm trying not to say fallen, <laughs> but let's say how far NXT has come in the past year. So Matt, let's, 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 let's journey through NXT what was the NXT Halloween Havoc 2020 card? Yeah, you could say progressed if you really wanted to be positive about it. Yeah, by the way, sorry if that goals thing was super uh, ignorant. I just wanted to speak that into existence, LeVar Ball style anyway. That's the end of that talk. But yeah, NXT Halloween Havoc 2020, on paper, it was still a weird card, Boris. It was still kind of something of like, even at the time when the show started, it was something of... Uh, downfall for NXT, people yeah. thought. But then the actual show itself ended up being pretty entertaining and people gave NXT another chance, I think. That's how it started. That's how our NXT relationship started. Yeah, no, 100%. That's And I remember, like, you know, a lot of, like, by that point, it just seemed like WWE had kind of started making a decision on what NXT was going to be. But it was like, you know, their final offensive, their Waterloo, that failed. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, well put. That's exactly what it was. So yeah, five match card, classic NXT takeover format. Here were the five matches. First match, Johnny Gargano defeated Damian Priest to retain the NXT North American Championship in a Devil's Playground match. 21 minutes and six seconds. Was uh, your boy Leon Ruff involved in this match in some shape or form? I don't think he was actually involved in this particular match, although he was heavily involved in the in the post-match shenanigans and, and I think maybe possibly also the build-up. Yep, yep. Man, it's crazy. Damian Priest, look at him now on Raw, U.S. champ, smiling, fighting T-Bar. One of the few success stories, although T-Bar is not exactly a success, neither here nor there. Match number two, how about this one for you, buddy? Santos Escobar with Legado del Fantasma defeats your boy, Jake Atlas. Three minutes, 28 seconds. Man, that's crazy. Man, it's crazy to think Legado used to get wins. <laughs> oh, dear sweet Legado. They will have their day in the sun again, perhaps on AEW Dark Elevation. <laughs> Uh, match number three, no time because it spanned over multiple segments. In reality, it was like a 47-minute match. Dexter Loomis defeats Cameron Grimes via submission in a haunted house of terror. Yeah, 
interestingly enough, Dexter Lumis, same position, essentially. Um, not a match, but still cinematic type thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I like this one much better than uh, last year's offering. Really? Really? I've, I've, I've yeah. seen a lot. I'm not sure how I felt about that just yet. Uh, but Sorry, yeah. I, I know a lot of people felt that last year's match was a lot better than this year's uh, sketch. When I say this one, I refer to this year's. I preferred this year's to last year's. I didn't like this one that much. I liked, uh, yeah. Th- <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, haunted house of terror match. Uh, meh. Eh, Boris liked it more than me. Match number four: Rhea Ripley defeated Raquel Gonzalez in a singles match, just a straight up one v one. This set up the last woman standing match, which I really enjoyed. Yep, this was a fantastic match. And again, it's just crazy to think how Raquel has just progressed over the past year. Um, yeah. Yeah, this match, uh, yeah, if you, it would be interesting to go back and watch this. We should probably actually go back and watch this one. It's ironic because we have a list coming on BAM on Thursday, the top 10 Halloween Havoc matches. And I have watched the upcoming match here, the main event of last year's Halloween Havoc Io Shirai defeats Candice LeRae in a tables, ladders, and scares match for the NXT women's title. 16 minutes and 30 seconds. Boris, this match was awesome. Yeah. This was a great match. That was a highlight. That was just an absolute treasure of a match. Um, and somehow, this year's spot was crazier than last and a lot more dangerous and reckless. Definitely, there were some moments in this year's match that were scarier than the tables, ladders, and scares match from last year. But it is funny, yeah. This was, I I actually said at the time, and I think I stick by it, this was the best women's ladder match that I've ever seen in my life. Yep, agreed with you on that. And it should be of note that Shotzi Blackheart was the host for the entire night. Yeah, far better than Grayson Waller and uh, Vampire, Vampire. Vampire Grayson and, of course, Vampire Ellen in it. Yeah, or as we were calling him on our little uh, chat, um, what was it, uh, Scam Hansen and, and Fohausen? <laughs> Scam Hansen. Oh, man. Also, Chucky was pretty much the real host of yeah. this show. It's funny, they had three hosts for this show. Yeah, they had more hosts than professional wrestlers. <laughs> anyway, uh, NXT Halloween Havoc 2020. uh Probably a better show overall than the one we just watched. But you know what? Tonight's was, it was interesting. It was something. (laughs) It was something, all right? So we might as well get to it. But before we do, if you are a new listener, we are done with star ratings because as the young guns, we're injecting, man, we're not even young anymore. We are injecting new ideas (laughs) into the podcasting world. And every week we have a different rating system. And it's usually based on something that we've watched. On that episode, we try to have fun with it, so each match is rated out of five something. We haven't talked about this yet, so Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's tonight's rating system? Well, if we don't have one, we can go with anything uh, spooky-themed, uh, Boris, but there was there were a lot of scares. There was a scareway to hell. There was a uh, Lumberjack-O-Lantern match. I don't know. Which pun do you want to exploit over and over and over? Um, Any, man. I'm good with anything. 
Well, you know what? Let's shout out, you know what? One of the great uh, Halloween Havoc memories of all time, the absolutely terrible, horrendous Chamber of Horrors match from 1991. Why don't we just go Chambers of Horrors or Chamber of Horrors or whatever. Out of five. Yep. All right. So the show opens up. With Chucky, your homicidal doll, welcoming us to the show, prompting us a lot of violence, and he runs down tonight's card. This leads us straight into action as it's time for the women's Scareway to Hell ladders match. It was Indy Hartwell and Persia Perota versus your champions, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Thank God you are okay. Oof, yeah. Well, man. So five of these six women are, are quite inexperienced in the grand scheme of things. There's a lot of wrestlers who have been doing it 10, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Not here. man. Not here. Man, yeah, no, no this... I know you're here. I was just I was just like I was just sinking in the moment. Like, why did they book this match? What did they expect to happen? Having said that, like it wasn't it wasn't bad. If people are going to tell you this was like a disaster, this was a terrible wrestling match, that's wrong. It was it wasn't the best, but it was a crazy stunt show. People were exploding and blowing up left and right. This was an insane wrestling match. It, it was not was. bad. It wasn't it was bad. sloppy. It that's was messy, issue, right? Um, you know, there were a couple spots where I feel, and, and you pointed one out in particular, Zoe Stark was going for a splash on uh, JC on uh, JC Jane, I think. I think powerbomb. I think powerbombing Gigi yeah, is well, the one that I pointed out. Yeah. No, I, oh, okay, so I'm thinking of the one where she was doing a big splash on JC Jane, and she kind of fell on her knees and then kind of finished the splash. And I think she noticed that JC Jane wasn't on the ladder properly. So I think having all the weapons and the plunder went against them in this match because there were times that I can tell that they were just being extra careful, and them being extra careful kind of exposed the moves it exposed what they were doing it exposed them and it you know you kind of saw their inexperience except for io shirai everything she did looked great um and you know she busted her ass quite literally in this match like really trying to make everyone look and i think she really did a great job in this match but like you said like you know i think that this match was sloppy in the grand scheme of things right it's it's it, but it's hard to rate a match like this at the end of the day yeah absolutely and it almost feels like a like holier than thou like some like i feel like a dick try even to try to rate a match like this like to try to judge these performers who just literally risked their life uh lives yeah. for this match but man like so yeah, so the, I, I think the thing that you were referring to was the 450 that Zoe did. Yeah, the she did a 450 yeah. splash, yeah, and she like landed on her feet and softly crumpled. But I, what I said is, I think she like kind of realized that she was about to blow out per both of Persia's knees. Like if she hit that, like she was supposed to, she might have exploded Persia Parada's knees through the ladder. Like that could have been really bad. Yeah. So I don't know. I there was a, yeah there was another spot where. Um, yeah, Gigi Dolan got powerbombed onto a ladder. I believe it was Persia Parada who powerbombed yep. Gigi Dolan onto a ladder bridge across the rope. And it was such a, like, such a grotesque powerbomb, like, so, like, hard. It looked like she was actually trying to drive Gigi through the ladder, which, like, 
I, like in 2021, I don't think that's what we should be trying to aim for in our wrestling. You know what I mean? And then conversely, a couple minutes later, Io Shirai put, I, I forget who this was, but she jerked somebody off the ladder as JR once said. And uh, yeah, uh, just the perfect like form and the perfect bump that uh, was taken. And then EO hits a, a beautiful picture, perfect moonsault onto the uh, wrestler on the, I think it was JC Jane who was then on the ladder it was just like clear that EO was holding this thing together. She was a true professional. She understood exactly what was happening in the wrestling ring and how to perfectly do these stunts. And she was the one who was actually like executing everything to perfection in this match. Yeah. It was just like, she's clearly a cut above everyone in there. And I really hope there is more for her career in the future than just being like an NXT jobber. They have to call her up. If they're not going to call her up, please release her so she can go do something else. Yeah. All right. So at one point, Hartwell's spine buster Stark onto the ladder. Um, she and EO fight on the ladder. She knocks it over, putting Shirai into the ladder, bridge to the announce table, Dolan on top the ladder, knocking everybody down, and she retrieves the title. So you're winners and new. NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane. So there you go. Two-thirds of the prophecy is done. <laughs> Has been fulfilled. So, yeah, sorry to just gush over this match again, but there's one more, like, that bump that you refer to that Io Shirai takes over the top rope. She takes a front flip over the top rope and lands on a ladder bridge. That is so dangerous. So much could go wrong there. Kudos for EO for taking that. That bump in this match, just absolutely insane. And then the finish I did kind of like with uh, Indy Hartwell climbing up the ladder on one side, but JC Jane pulling her down and Gigi Dolan basically kind of like waving at her like, ha ha ha, mean girls, as they won the tag team titles. Toxic Attraction, your new women's tag team champions in 12 minutes and 26 seconds. This is one of the hardest matches to rate in the history of the NXT Talk podcast. Yep, yep, exactly. But you'd still have to rate it. So what would you give it? You could talk me into anything between like two uh, stars, two whatever, far below average, or like four stars, like great. You're an idiot if you don't see it. So I'm going to go right in the middle of those two things. We're going to go three chambers of horrors out of five. It's a 60% Abdullah the Butcher getting fried in an electric chair percentage bar. <laughs> Love that. All right, after that, we get a video package of Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, rolling up to a spooky-looking house to try and reclaim Carmelo's <laughs> title. Um, Trick wants to hang back, drive getaway, but Hayes makes him get out and approach the house. They get scared by everything that's going on. We cut to Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis hanging out with zombie ref Daryl Sharma. Johnny promises he home alone the shit out of the house. Hayes and Williams navigate their way to the door before the video cuts away. I missed the shit bomb there. Did he say he home alone the shit out of the house? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Uh, oh, Johnny, you potty mouth, you. That's funny. I feel like they have three or four shit words per episode, and boy, do they take advantage of them. 
Exactly. All right, Grayson Waller is dressed as Dracula, or as we said, Scamhausen, and he misses his cue at first. He says L.A. Knight isn't here, but he's the backup post, and he blathers on until Joe Gacy interrupts, and Joe Gacy takes the mic. Gacy says corrupt minds like Grayson's are why Halloween isn't a very inclusive holiday, just an excuse to exploit and sexualize people. Well, so I caught all of Joe Gacy's promo. I actually missed in the in the heat of the moment, Boris. Grayson Waller said that L.A. Knight uh, wasn't there. He mentioned L.A. Knight. I actually missed the mention. Yeah, I actually went back because there were two things I needed to watch. This promo, because I did miss this uh, promo, and the Imperium promo. I wasn't joking when I said it. I was not paying attention to the Imperium <laughs> promo. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, you know, it and happens to And it's very hard buddy. to take notes with one hand. <laughs> relax, relax <laughs> over there. Anyway. I was on the phone. Important- what are you talking about? <laughs> we're, we here at NXT Talk, we're professionals, clearly, as you can tell. And uh, we go back and try to cross our T's and dot our I's. So I'm glad that you, one of us, went back and watched this promo. I'm glad that LA Knight was mentioned before he came out on the show. Yeah, yeah. And actually, even then, they, in social medias, they were saying that he's late to the show, this and that. But again, you know, it's the thing of why push stuff on social media if, you know, you're not going to address it on the actual show. It's one of my major pet peeves of another wrestling promotion. <laughs> Which is that? MLW? ROH. <laughs> I'm joking, uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so I needed to rewatch that. So that was that's where I caught that, and yeah, I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. Anyways, this leads us into the second match of the night, which was a quickie: Joe Gacy versus Malik Blade. Yeah, very stra- standard, straightforward WWE squash. Joe Gacy pins Malik Blade with his Tajiri-style handspring into a very nice lariat. Just smacks the shit out of these guys with that lariat. What was it? Two minutes and 19 seconds. Pretty quick, standard affair. Yeah, it should be noted that at one point, Harlan put his hands over Malik Blade, scared him, threw, threw him back into the ring, and that's how uh, we got to the end of the match. Anyways... Um, so before we get to the rating, after the match, Gacy gives Harlan a pep talk, tells him he can trust them, and that leads us into the next thing. But before we go there, Matt, how would you rate this match? Yeah, we're going to go uh, two and a half Abdullah the Butcher's frying for a 50% Chamber of Horrors percentage. It's a Mendoza line kind of thing. Pretty typical when you picture a WWE squash, a little bit of storyline, uh, one or two moves and a, and a finishing move, and yeah, there you go. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm starting to get on your page, and I really want this Gacy Harlan story to move forward a lot faster yeah. than it's going. It's just the same thing every week, and I'm just ready for the twist, for the turn, for him to get a little more angry, for uh, Harland to do something himself. I'm just, it's it's kind of samey, isn't it? I'm ready for something new. Yep. It's, yeah, that that's exactly it. Again, and then I, I have to bring this up, especially after a year of Tian Shaw stuff, and Tian Shaw seems to be dead now. But, you know, so it's like it took a year for us to get us nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And what a year it was, Boris. But yeah, exactly perfect proof of like strike while the iron is hot. Why not? 
Yep. All right. Then we go to Kaylee Ray basically saying she is the Ronnie Dangerfield of NXT 2.0 because she gets no respect. She's the Darby Allen of 2.0, just spray painting, breaking things, and just being an overall ruffian. Am I right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there you go. Kaylee Ray's back. We were actually talking about her last week, wondering, where is she? Because it's been a few weeks. But it looks like they actually do have a pretty, you know, I, I'm I'm scared to use this word in NXT 2.0. Prominent spot ready for her? <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I would hope so. She's that talented, right? Like, she deserves that prominent spot. Yep. All right. And, oh, okay, so before we get to this next thing, I have to say, Grayson Waller is really growing on me really fast. He's all right. He's definitely got a charisma. I, I He's growing beyond generic daredevil, I'll jump out of an airplane kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Grayson Waller, Scamhausen, is walking around the NXT Halloween party. Eichmann, Jiro, and Kashida are confused by the concept of Halloween, but Waller explains to them that it's like cosplay, and they seem to understand that. Uh, we see uh, the worst cameo in all of history in Cora Jade, dressed up as a devil, and then we go to Cameron <laughs> Grimes rolling up dressed up as an astronaut. He scares off some girls because, you know, he's trying to get a girlfriend, and then Waller um, comes up to him and says that he needs to show him the way when it comes to the ladies. I actually really like in this moment, I didn't really realize it until just now. And this was a good NXT show. And there were some good NXT segments on this here NXT show. But man, I really feel bad for old Trevor Lee, old uh, Cameron Grimes, because he was the favorite. He was the boy of the Triple H NXT. He was like the number one, the can't miss the he's got a great character. He's great in the ring and he's been completely cooled off. And the twist they put on his character where he's like kind of shitty of uh, he's like a scared of and shitty with women and Grayson Waller's giving him tips on how to like be smooth. It has completely killed his momentum. Yep. They have murdered this character dead in cold blood. Well, the, murdered him the unfortunate dead. part with all of this is not only was he not drafted. So that already shows you how he's seen by the powers that be. But they've essentially dropped the money gimmick at this point. And now he's sad, pathetic Cameron Grimes. You know, wah, 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 can't get a girlfriend. Yeah. Wah, wah, probably lives in his mom's basement. Wah, wah, you know? You know what? And then, like, Trevor Lee, that Cameron Grimes, was having, like, our 90-minute incredible epic matches in the indie scene. Like yep. that guy is a proven indie worker. And I personally was worried that he could never do the character work to elevate him to WWE level, but he's proven time and time again, time and time again, that he's a great character. He does great character work. Boris, the only thing he lacks is that he's five, six, five, eight, whatever he is. And he's not six, two, six, four. Maybe maybe he's 5'8", maybe he's 5'10". I've never seen the man. I don't know. But he seems short for pro wrestling, and pro wrestlers are secretly short. So it's like a, it's. I feel like his size is the only thing he lacks, and I think he's my new number one I hope he leaves this company guy. Above the Chad Gables, above the Grand Metaliques, above everyone who's getting a, a huge Raw deal right now, I think Cameron Grimes might be getting the rawest deal in WWE at this moment. And you know what's funny that you it's funny that you even say that cuz I agree with you 100% there and I never thought I would say this 
but he's a person that I want AEW to sign because you know he would strive in that already busy field of wrestlers, but I know with his character work and his in-ring, he can actually really do something there. Well, that's the thing. Like, the cream rises to the top. Like, they were, they were too loaded to, to put on Adam Cole and CM Punk and Brian Danielson already. But guess what? Those guys all get TV time every week because they're the best and most entertaining, most interesting things on the show. And I think that would happen if you put Cameron Grimes on any TV show. He still is on NXT, but it's just they're trying really hard to cut the legs out from under him, and it sucks. I They, they just can't see how talented that specific performer is. He should be Intercontinental Champion. He should be, like, an upper mid-carder on WWE main roster TV. There is nothing, nothing he lacks except size. Yep. All right, Diamond Mine. They're on the stage. Malcolm Biven cuts a promo. He says for a big show like this, they have a special treat, a Diamond Mine open challenge, wherein you can challenge any member of the mine after the break. Interesting. I kind of expected this due to reading uh, dark match results, but... uh, I think they could have gone in a, in a number of ways. Uh, I'm surprised, actually, Odyssey Jones didn't challenge Ivy Nile. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Um, so <laughs> after the break, Bivens asks who's going to step up. Odyssey Jones comes out. Malcolm, t- <laughs> My favorite line of the night was Malcolm Bivens says that his big ass is in 205 pounds after he challenges <laughs> Roddy Strong. I love that. That would be a funny angle. Uh, you know, Odyssey Jones cruiserweight champion. That, that's when you know we're in Russo territory here in NXT. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, that's Odyssey Jones as women's champion. That's when you know we're in <laughs> Russo territory. Absolutely. When, 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 and uh, Mandy Rose as cruiserweight champion. Yeah, and Poppy as your NXT champion beating Champa. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to. What did I even say? Poppy. I don't even want to give them any ideas. <laughs> All right, so Odyssey Jones versus Roderick Strong. So this match was as basic as basic can be. Um, I got to say, though, Odyssey Jones is improving in ring. Um, I've been pretty critical of him, and just because it's like he does some very obvious stuff um, that kind of takes me away from the match, but I think that I don't know whether it was him improving or Roderick Strong is that good, but this match, you know, wasn't the worst showing for, for Odyssey Jones. I think it's both of those things, but Roderick Strong is an incredible wrestler. He's really, really good. He knows exactly what he's doing in there, and I think we all need to acknowledge that. But yes, it was also Odyssey Jones's improvement in front of our eyes. Yeah. All right, so um, Creed Brothers, they ran interference. Strong with a boot to the back. Roderick Strong wins with a jumping knee at uh, 3 minutes 56 seconds. Yeah, so this was uh, slightly better than your average WWE squash. I think it went the right amount of time. It put Roderick Strong over. I love the finish where he hits that flying knee strike and Odyssey Jones flare flops, just collapses. And then Roderick has to work so hard to turn this huge man over. But he does. And guess what? The knee strike was so devastating that he was still out. Odyssey couldn't kick out. Great finish. Beautiful. Yep. Chef's kiss for us. Yep. Yep, so how many uh, Chamber of Horrors would you give this match? So again, this went 356, so you couldn't go too high. But I would say it was above average, so we're going to go three Chambers out of five. A 60% horror percentage, Boris. So one horror percentage per minute of this match. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, about that. Yeah. <laughs> give or take. 
All right, so you remember how I told you that I had to rewatch this next promo, the Imperium promo? So these are my notes for it. So, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Imperium, and they talk about how tonight is their night. Oh, that's it? I was waiting for more. I just <laughs> I know you were right there. <laughs> I know right, you were. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's. I think you covered it, though, buddy. I think that was pretty much all the relevant information. Yeah, it, it, it's the you know it's the usual Imperium promo. Nothing wrong with it. You know the ring is sacred. Tonight's their night. MSK they're clowns. MSK they're this. MSK they're that. You know this this match is for is for Izzy. You know. Yeah, we stand with Izzy's parents. Oh, we didn't even talk. We'll about talk the about rumors. that right before the we match. Should... We'll talk about that right okay. before the match. But yeah, right. just a uh, fun, fun, fun little promo from Imperium and the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so tired today. All right, Mandy Rose makes her entrance as we go to break. Um, when we come back from break, we're back in the Halloween party. Our boy, A-O-A-O, Tony D'Angelo and Lash <laughs> Legend. <laughs> Are chatting. Uh, Lash relents and agrees to have him on her show next week. Um, just, yeah, go ahead. We're just building to the eventual Lash legend Tony D'Angelo relationship, Boris. It was an abortion, Tony! This must all end! I haven't even seen that movie. I just am doing uh, impressions of impressions. Anyway, <laughs> The Godfather, it's a thing. Oh, Lord. Um, Von <laughs> Wagner. Did you notice what Von Wagner was dressed up as? Um, Like, well, his costume, he said he was Brad Pitt, but yeah. what was he really? I, 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 That's what I'm trying to figure out, honestly. He just should have come as a Fargo character. <laughs> he was dress shirt man. I actually laughed really hard at that joke when he was just a random guy in a dress shirt. They said, what are you dressed as? I'm Brad Pitt because... You know, oh, Von Wagner, is he's not exactly Brad Pitt in there, Boris. But I thought that was a very funny joke. I thought they uh, they addressed that in a funny way. Yeah. And uh, I'm liking this Von Wagner-Kyle O'Reilly tandem. I really am. <laughs> I really am, too. I really am. And you know what? I have to say, so let's all finish this up, and then I'll say what I want to say. All right, Duke Hudson's chatting with our boy Cameron Grimes. Uh, he says he'll see him next week in the poker room. Uh, Robert Stone, dressed as Elvis, gets into it with Zion Quinn, who is Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, and who choke slams him through the table. So you tell our listeners what you told me because you bring up a fantastic point, and I think tonight proved it. All right. So every time we've seen Robert Stone, the Robert Stone brand on the on the show here on NXT, we say like we like Robert Stone, but he's just always at eleven. He's just he doesn't really have anywhere to go. He's always turned up to the utmost. He's always running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So he's kind of annoying. And we've both kind of felt annoyed by Robert Stone. But when you're in a segment backstage where your role is you're an Elvis impersonator who needs to be choke slammed through a table. Boris, you better be at 11. You know what I mean? So anytime they get Robert Stone in a position where it makes sense that he's going absolutely nuclear, that he's going to 11 out of 10, then he's great. He's one of the best performers on the roster in that specific situation. But he he knows no other gear than absolute full speed screaming at the top of his lungs. Yep, agreed. 
Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out is while this was the most WWE segment humanly possible, a party where you get to see all the characters, I have to say for all the rookies involved in this, they pulled it off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of yeah, green performers, but everyone seemed comfortable. Everyone did well. This was like an entertaining, fun segment. This made NXT seem fun. You wanted to hang out backstage. You wanted to be at this party, you know? I know Even I though Elvis got chokeslammed through a table. I'd hang out there. I'd grab a beer. Yeah, I'd find Aikenjiro and Kushida have a couple uh, sakes with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then find out where Mackenzie Mitchell is. <laughs> that is absurd. You said that. <laughs> All right. Tomasa in, in, in a good way. Trade trade notes about the industry. <laughs> Tomasa Chapa is shown working out backstage. Um, hey, remember that Mandy Rose is just standing in the ring while all of this is happening? Well, it's time for <laughs> Chucky to come out, and he's spinning the wheel for our title match, um, and it's Chucky's choice. Chucky's choice, my friend. Chucky's choice. Raquel Gonzalez, the person who dethroned probably one of the best NXT Women's Champions, Io Shirai, is in a Chucky's choice match. A Chucky's choice match. Let the history books show, Boris, one of the most prestigious women's titles in the history of the wrestling business. You can quote me on that. Tell me I'm wrong. Held by people such as, I don't even know, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, legends of the wrestling business. And the female legends, some of the best female wrestlers who have ever ever put the boots on have held this title have fought wars over it five-star matches for this title and tonight we saw mandy rose win the nxt women's title in a spin the wheel make the deal chucky's choice trick or street fight <laughs> yep that's where we're at <laughs> that's where we're at with nxt two that is where we're at buddy <laughs> And yep. God bless Mandy Rose. I actually think this was like far and away the best match of her career. This was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, honestly, I, Mandy Rose in NXT has been phenomenal. Best V trigger in the business. <laughs> I, th I think like one or two other people. I believe you're forgetting clearly the clear number one V trigger in the business, Buddy Murphy, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So it was it was a weapons filled fight. There was a couple interesting spots. At one point, uh, uh, Mandy locked Raquel into a chair with a kendo stick. She like braced the kendo stick in the arms of a commentary chair, so so Raquel couldn't get out and hit the best V trigger in the business, buddy. That bicycle knee drop. But uh, man, this was actually a pretty good match. They they beat the shit out of each other with weapons and knees. Yeah, no, I honestly really did enjoy this match a lot. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Raquel Gonzalez just continues to improve. She continues continues to impress me. Um, you know, she just looked great in this match. And, you know, I don't know whether it was Raquel Gonzalez. I don't know whether, like, we're finally seeing how good Mandy Rose is. I know people are laughing at me saying that. But honestly, since she's come to NXT, she's had really good matches. For NXT 2.0 yeah. standards. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't uh, violently disagree with you, Boris. I, uh, she, this was, this was a good match. She performed really well here, and Raquel has been on one for a while. She's been on this like level for a couple it, months at least. 
Yep, exactly. And like, you know, this match did have its fault, did have its awkward moments. You know, after um, Raquel sprayed Mandy with the fire extinguisher, she kind of like did this awkward press slam back into the ring. You know, there were some awkward moments, but overall, I really enjoyed this match. So inside the ring, uh, Mandy Rose cuts her off with a boot, throws her into the steel steps back and forth. Raquel spears her through a table, leaned in the corner. um, And this is when a masked figure with a shovel, I thought it was Cody Rhodes, you know, burying everyone. (laughs) I feel sorry for any new listeners right now. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean, boy? Yeah, so this masked figure nails Gonzalez in the back. Mandy strikes with the most beautiful V V trigger in the business, and she won by pinfall to be your new NXT Women's Champion. And there you go. The prophecy is complete. The prophecy is fulfilled. Toxic Attraction, your tag team champions, your NXT Women's Champion. There you go. Yeah, so uh, Mysterious Figure smashes Raquel in the back with a shovel from the apron. Mandy Rose hits the V trigger, Kenny Omega, eat your heart out. New women's champion, 11 minutes and 53 seconds. This was the best match on the show to this point. I thought it was significantly better than the ladder match. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um, so before you give the rating, after the match, toxic, attract- toxic attraction, standing tall on the stage uh, with all their belts. This mysterious figure stands over Raquel Gonzalez. She takes off her hood. And who is it? None other than a returning Dakota Kai. So we got to give ourselves the Barry Horowitz on the back here. We called this one, but Boris, I feel like it was the obvious call. It was kind of like calling Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. Like, Eight times out of ten, you're going to be right. So whatever, good job. But uh, we we got it. We did it here at NXT. Yay! Good for us. <laughs> Love it. All right. So <laughs> how many Chamber of Horrors would you give this match? I might even be underrating it at this number, but I, I wrote down on the page three and a half chambers out of five, seventy percent solid B. And it might be a B plus or an A. I might be a grizzled old veteran. I might just be poo-poo in this match. Might have been better than I'm acting. But I wrote that on the page. So we're going to go 70%. It's a B. Three and a half chambers out of five. Cool. Yeah, no, dude, honestly, I, I would give it three and a half. I think giving it four, there was a little too much sloppiness, a little awkwardness. But, you know, three and a half is a pretty, you know, it's above average. Good enough. You know. It was a really good match. Yeah. Solid wrestling match. Yep. All right. Back from commercial, we see Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams descend into the house of haunted stuff. They run into a creepy <laughs> old lady, some kind of pumpkin monster, get away only to run into another creepy lady before entering our wax museum. Uh, they get spooked by a number of uh, Draculas before Andre Chase shows up for some reason. He brought his students here on a field trip, and now he can't find them. And Hayes and Williams enlist him to help them navigate their way through the house. Uh, Loomis and Gargano get up from their post, walk off. Carmelo and Trick get separated for a minute, end up in a room with some kind of goblin before finally finding the NXT North American Championship. Hayes is quick to reach for it. Williams reminds him that it's never this easy in moves, but Carmelo scoffs. 
yanks the title from its perch. Dramatic music plays. Gargano and Loomis appear behind them and attack. Uh, Trick and Mello get away, but run into a bunch of zombies. They drop the belt. Uh, Johnny scares them, and they run off with the belt. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, what happened there. That's pretty much that. Johnny cosplaying as uh, Dexter. That was kind of fun. Boris, have you ever been to the Halloween haunt at uh, old uh, Canada's Wonderland? Uh, Screamers? No. Well, like the Halloween display, like the whole uh, haunted house thing. That's pretty fun. Yeah, you should go one day. Yeah, I would love to. I got no time. I feel you, man. Yeah, it's hard to uh, get out there. One of my Facebook memories came up... uh, a couple years ago, a, a girl I was dating, we went. She actually used to work there at the Halloween haunt. She was kind of like a kind of like Abaddon style Pokemon, very freaky. Anyway, <laughs> um, I uh, I uh, what, what can well, I don't know what what can you say, man? <laughs> I love how you had zero comments about the actual thing we watched. <laughs> Well, I, I, like, what do you want to say? Like, it was, yeah, Trick Williams is really good. I actually quite enjoy, like, Trick Williams. I think he's a very entertaining, charismatic guy, but this was exactly what you thought it would yeah, be. Exactly. It was spooky NXT bullshit. Yep, exactly. All right, so uh, Scamhausen, Grayson Waller's in the ring, LA Knight, Fohausen shows up. Uh, Waller says it's not his fault. He had car problems, and LA Knight asks him who told him he had car troubles. Grayson sputters something about Chucky, and this is when Solo Sokoa, your oos, comes into the <laughs> fold. Certified oos, bro. And uh, yeah, I thought he was getting an actual match, but I kind of like this better. Just suplex and beat the shit out of a couple people instead. Yeah, he goes in the ring, uh, belly to belly, suplexes Waller out of it, and then everyone's chanting oos, and I swear to God, it's like you can take body parts from all of his family, and this is Solo Sokoa. Frank and oos? He's the Frank and oos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. So this is what happens when we record at night. We're just like, <laughs> Whatever. No, I think we're doing a great job, buddy. One year anniversary with the Frankenus. <laughs> no, but I think Solo Sokoa obviously has a very bright future. You can see him moving up pretty instantly and joining the uh, head of the table storyline at any moment. It, we, it needs to be seen what he can do in the ring. But, I mean, his presence is already there. He's see, he carries himself like a star. Yeah. All right, uh, we see Braun Breaker with two Ks working out with two barbells <laughs> backstage, <laughs> and I can't believe they actually did this. Uh, he gets spooked by Chucky hanging out, but then he just rolls with it and keeps his workout going. I think he actually said something to Chucky. I didn't quite catch what it was, but he was like kind of halfway talking to Chucky while he was just pumping those, uh, uh, the, like the resistance band or whatever it was. Did he say, you're fat? <laughs> yeah, I think he said he had a 66.6% chance of uh, destroying. Yep. All right. So, MSK make their way into the ring, into whatever they call it now, the arena. It's not even the, the, the Capital Wrestling Center anymore. It's the Performance Center, the NXT 2.0 Villa, as I'm going to start calling the it. The 2.0 Zone? The 2.0 Zone, yep. All right. So, MSK, very audibly... They've been getting X-Pac heat. Very audibly. 
they've been getting booze, Boris, and there's a hot rumor going around that yep. is kind of like a groundswell, uh, a little bit of like a like a, you know, gr- a grassroots thing from the NXT fans, which is uh, stemming from the fact, Boris, and this is really this has been reported by numerous outlets uh, in the pro wrestling quote unquote journalism field that uh, because Izzy. Izzy's parents. Now, Izzy is a super fan, a young lady who was a big fan of NXT. She was heavily involved in the Bailey versus Sasha Banks feud. She was involved in a couple matches. She was like Bailey's biggest fan. Now, Izzy got involved in some independent wrestling matches. Apparently, Nash Carter uh, was pretty critical of that, tweeted out some anti-Izzy things. Now, the NXT fans are mad about it. Apparently, this is why MSK have been booed for the last month and change. Because Izzy's parents and Izzy have led a groundswell of fans to turn on Nash Carter and MSK as a whole. This is the craziest story, in my opinion. What's crazier is that apparently Chelsea Green went through the same. Chelsea Green, also critical of some of the things Izzy was doing, and apparently was also treated the same way by said people, the common nextras. That's just, it's so insane, though. Like, I don't know, man. I don't want to be too critical of them, and then they hear this podcast we and get then downvote us into oblivion. Boo us on SNME radio. But, uh, no, man, like... Live and let live, guys. You know what I mean? Like, people are not everyone's going to like you. I'm sure not everyone likes us. And that's fine. You know, like, we'll move on. Like, just live and let live. Like, you don't have to chant. Like, apparently they were planning to chant stuff about Nash Carter's dead father. If true, that's disgusting. And whoever made that up, regardless of that, like, the person that made that up so that appeared in print and I had to read that, whoever's idea that was is a disgusting person and they need to stop watching wrestling, please. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, it, to me, it's just crazy, but this is what happens when you're constantly filming in the same place. Um, and you get like that family th- element, right? Like you, it's like, you know, I, I can akin this to BMO field. BMO field has a ton of season ticket holders. So typically you're with the same people you've grown up together since 2006, right? Like, you know, I've seen people just literally become adults at BMO Field. So there's this family mentality to it. Um, and that's probably how it is in these, uh, f- whether it be Full Sail, the Performance Center, or wherever they're filming NXT. But come on, it's just crazy. Like you're literally derailing someone's career because they said something in a tweet on social media. Because they said something in a tweet in on social media years and years ago that the majority of people would agree with anyway. And that's neither here nor there. Obviously things are going to piss you off regardless, but just like, just please like live and let live, have some humility. Think of the other person's perspective. Even if you don't agree with it, just like, I don't know. It just like, just be the bigger person. Ah, man, people are crazy these days. Just people are so empowered in their craziness. But, uh, on the plus side, Wesley and Nash Carter don't appear to be bothered too much. They're still doing good work in the ring. On the negative side, I feel like they cut the legs out from this MSK title run a little too early. I really do. Yeah, but 
do you feel or do you think that MSK are going to be repackaged into just like full out heels? Like embrace it. Get let them get the booze now. I think I think they should, and they may as well. But I don't think that you take the titles off them to do that. I think they're far more effective heels if they keep the titles while turning heel. And then with the next baby face that comes around that beats them is even better off. I wouldn't have, I, I think, I just think it's poor writing, poor booking to take the titles off them now if you're going to turn them heel. Right. Make them strong heels. Make them the Midnight Express of NXT, you know? Yeah. All right. So Imperium versus MSK. Uh, this match, dude, this match was awesome. I really liked this. I think that, you know, like you said, before this match, the best match of the show was probably the women's NXT women's title match. This match, in my opinion, did uh, was better than that. These two teams have phenomenal chemistry. Um, they even showed up. With the distraction of Lumberjacks. So essentially, spin the wheel, make the deal. It was Lumberjacks. You know, and it was on, you know, I and I hate Lumberjack matches. Especially when they don't make sense like this. Like when it's random Lumberjack matches. But they worked well. Um, they brought everything. They made this match their own. Um, and I really enjoyed this. And I like the fact that they were able to kind of remove the Lumberjacks from this match at the end so you focus on imperium and msk yeah i uh, i definitely agree with that they uh, had their part but then they uh, kind of went away for the final stretch there was one spot in particular nash carter god bless him poor guy has just been taking a shit kicking lately but he went for an rko the ace crusher off the top rope onto marcel barthel and he lapped off the top rope into a pile of men. And six men, seven men, eight men all caught Marcel. And nobody caught Nash Carter. And this man hit the ground like a sack of bricks, Boris. And I watched it like three or four times. Like that, like poor Nash Carter. He just took a, a, a charging, diving top rope flat back bump to the outside of the ring yeah dude it was nasty i did rewind it and watched it again and i had to watch the imperium promo from before because i forgot what they said but <laughs> i did watch this spot and dude he just landed so freaking hard it was just like whoopsie like, just nobody bothered to catch him. It was like a group of Mizzes out there, just Toro, just El Matador style, like yep. Tito Santana, just letting this guy. You ever notice that Miz never catches anyone on a dive? That was my joke there. Yeah, but uh, anyway. oh, I've noticed. I've noticed. <laughs> I've noticed. And then, uh, yeah, I was going to make a Dancing with the Stars joke, but, um, you know, I don't want to be laughed at too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually I bet he does much more catching on dance, dancing of the. That's story. what I was. That's where I was, what I was going to say. At least he's doing some catching there. <laughs> you probably would have actually gotten the name of the show right if you would have done that joke. You should have just done it, buddy. I know. I really should have. I really should have just. <laughs> I should have just leaned in on my reality TV watching because after we record this, I'm going to watch Vanderpump Rules, maybe some uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I already watched my Below Deck. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that is absurd. Hey, man, the heart, the heart wants what it wants, and your heart wants Vanderpump rules.
Yep. All right. So Nash Carter off the top, Ace Crusher to the floor. All four men were back in the ring. And as they say in the wrestling commentary world, they were all jockeying for position, trading kicks, diving attacks out the corner. Um, There was a shoving shooting star press from MSK, um, whatever that's called. Uh, But it was only for a two count. Aikner with a spine buster, Bartel with a knee, setting Wes up top kick um he that staggers him they do a vertical drop a brain buster an imperial bomb and that's how they win imperium wins by imperium bomb in uh what's this 13 minutes and nine seconds Yes, 13 minutes, 9 seconds. The Imperial Bomb, which is a combo power bomb and uh, middle rope European uppercut from Marcel Barthel. And I think the pushing shooting star press, isn't that the hot fire flame? That's what that one is. But we don't know their actual finisher. The no, other the, one's so the hot fire flame. They don't, they, so yes, officially that's what it's called, but they've never called that in WWE. I think they actually did once because we mentioned it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they actually haven't. I, but we've looked it up. If you put a gun to my head, I think they have. Yeah. We've looked anyway, it up. Uh, yeah, this was this was the regardless that dumb argument. <laughs> Let's not worry about it. Uh, this was the best match on the show by far. Uh, maybe not by far because the main event was pretty good too. But this was the best match on the show. We're gonna go in my opinion three and three quarter chambers uh for a 75 percent horror percentage best match on the show it was uh pretty close to great uh, it wasn't quite there didn't quite hit this level both of these guys have more in them but for what we got 13 minute lumberjack match uh, great success yep all right chucky hypes up the main event we get a video package and obviously this video package at least there is one thing about nxt that hasn't changed and that's their hype videos yeah, those are still on point. They, despite the fact that they now feature Chucky, they're still on point. <sighs> Chucky, I can't believe that. <laughs> oh, man, here we are. All right, Braun Breaker with two Ks challenges your NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. And, you know, I have to give credit. And again, we haven't really talked about how good the commentators were tonight. They were on point tonight. Good call. We should shout them out. Yeah, Vic Joseph has really grown on me. He's great. He's doing mm, a great job. I don't job. like him. And Wade. <laughs> Why could that be, Boris? But Wade <laughs> Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix have always been great. And despite your weird jealousy. No, I'm just kidding. All but, jokes uh, aside. Yeah, man, no, no. I, I do think. All yeah, jokes aside, I, 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 Vic Joseph is I'm sure excellent. you agree in real. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you agree in real life Vic Joseph is actually really good. And Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix are great. And uh, yeah, the commentary in NXT is the best that it's it, it best team in WWE. Better yeah. even than NXT UK's commentary team, which is really good. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I know a lot I know a lot of people were giving Beth Phoenix a lot of crap when she started, but I think this like it's her, Wade Barrett, and Vic Joseph. There's just something about these three that just work. They're so good together. They like it's like they just know what to say to each other to get the point across. And the reason why I say the commentating was fantastic on this show was because as Tomasa Champa was coming out, they were talking about this could be the very end of the black and yellow brand. Yeah. And the start, the official start of 2.0. And I really like that. Although uh, to a veteran wrestling fan that does kind of give away that they're about to do 
the exact opposite. Exactly. But it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing. It was a very good note by the commentators. That's the that's the whole show, man. You know what I mean? That's the whole point. So like if we're yeah, anyway, good job, tip of the cap to Wade Barrett for pointing that out. All right, so I want to ask you this. We've been talking about, you know, how NXT 2.0 is booked. You know, we don't see how much they train. We don't know what they do on their days off, right? We see them every Wednesday have two or th- two to five-minute matches on TV. So I was very curious and nervous to see how Braun Breaker with two Ks would be able to be in a longer match. And this match ended up going almost 14 minutes, and he held his own. Oh, million percent. He looked pretty good. He really did. He's still very new at this, but you can tell he's got a ton of potential. He's going to be here for a long time. He's only going to get better and better. I thought the layout of this match was really good. It required some shenanigans, some chicanery for Ciampa to win. It wasn't a clean win. Yep, yep. Um, It's just, yeah, no, it's, it's just crazy. But, like, again, you know, they proved me wrong. These guys are keep yeah, this man. this group creeps keep this group keeps proving me wrong. I wonder and, and, too, and I love being wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder too, like they have the performance center. I wonder too how many times they ever practiced this exact match, blow for blow, you know, or maybe they went in there and you know called it in the ring. Who's to say? It did seem like there was a couple, uh, you know, pretty rehearsed things. I did think that the uh, the actual heat, like the final getting into the finish, the big spot was obviously pretty rehearsed because I believe there was a blade job in this match, Boris. But uh, yeah, regardless, I, I don't care. I don't care how the sausage is made. I just want to eat the sausage. I thought it was a pretty good match. Yep, classic Matt wanting the sausage. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on. What are we doing here? This is 2021. I like, I like chorizo. Chorizo's good. Spicy, you know. You have your sweet and sour. You have your Italian. There's various, right, so there's various chorizo. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Cancel sick. NXT talk. <laughs> hey, if we're going to go down, I'm going to make sure that we go down <laughs> epically. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on back to professional wrestling. I did think this was an interesting match. Tommaso Ciampa leaning heel a little bit delivers a DDT on the floor to Braun Breaker. Not just on the floor, but he pulled up the mats, Boris, a DDT on the concrete. You know what's interesting about Ciampa, and this is kind of like what I really liked about this, is, you know, I feel like anytime he's champion and he's defending his title, he always subverts back into being heel Ciampa, you know, with Goldie. There's something about that, and he wrestled just like that in this match. I really like that psychology that he used. It's like, I will do anything. I don't care whether I'm a heel or a face. I will kick your ass and I will find a way to beat you, including driving your exposed or your head into exposed concrete. And it's like, yeah, man, absolutely. And it's it it makes sense. It's firmly established in canon that this man will do anything to keep his title. He is a love affair, literally, with this championship belt. So I love it. Yep, so we saw the ripcord DDT on the exposed concrete. Uh, he draw Braun came up, throwing him back inside. He underhooks Braun Breaker, gets him into a fairy tale ending, but he does end up getting kicked out of it. Uh, we get the knee, uh, the knee trembler connects with Braun bleeding from the forehead. We get another knee, a third knee. We get a underhook. And he ends up getting the fairy tale ending, and this time 
He does get the three. Tomasa Champa retains. And I got to say, I'm very surprised by this ending. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. What was it, 1350, something like that? 1350, uh, yeah, one, 1356, something like that. 51. Yeah, yeah, and he wins with a, a second fairy tale ending, a second elevated sit-out pedigree thing. Uh, yeah, I you know what? I didn't see it coming, Boris, until I heard on Reddit today, you showed me this thing, that there were some rumors that NXT and Tommaso Ciampa, they 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 were going in opposite directions, and, and NXT didn't like Ciampa anymore. And I was like, oh, this is a red herring. Ciampa's winning because why would they? Why would that come out now? He's the fucking WWE. Or, sorry, that was my one F word. He's the NXT champion. Why in God's name would that come out now before his first title defense? Like that would have come out when he got fired two months ago, if that was true. Yep. So I think I thought that was a red herring, and it clearly was. Uh, I, I think it's the right decision to not quite put the belt on Braun Breaker yet. Uh, but you could kind of say that this is the next one. But, you know, Tommaso Ciampa has a lot more to offer this brand as champion than Braun does at this moment. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. And I think, but, but you know what, even in a loss. So, people were saying MSK got buried. No, they did not. They had a great match. Just because you lose a match doesn't mean you get buried. People were saying Braun Breaker is now buried. No, not at all. He lost to one of the best NXT champs. Period. He lost. He kicked out of a. He kicked out of a fairy tale ending. He got DDT on exposed DDT concrete. On you know, like he looked super Wait, strong. He looked super strong in a loss. Absolutely, hundred percent agree with you, buddy. Bronson Reed took a DD or sorry, Bronson uh, Bronson Rexstein or Braun Breaker took a DDT on the floor on the exposed concrete. He he cut his forehead open. He did a blade job to sell it. You're supposed to believe that that could kill a man. That could that could do irreparable damage to a human. But he kicked out of it because he's Braun Braun Breaker with two Ks. He is Boris. See, you know why he has two Ks. He had one K for every fairy tale ending he took. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. I wonder if one was a backwards K and he went down uh, looking. Anyway, man, this was this was a really really good match. I thought this was as good as. Uh, well, yeah, you know, you know what? I'm not gonna say that. We're gonna give three and a half chambers uh, out of five, seventy percent Abdul of the Butcher frying percentage on this one. Not quite as good as the tag team match, which we went three and three quarters, but it was pretty close. Three and a half, seventy percent, solid B in Canada. Very good showing from Braun Breaker. Kid's got a ton of potential. It really hurts me when you say Braun Breaker and not Braun Breaker with two K's. <laughs> we have an established gag here. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> See, don't you love how that's my takeaway of it out of all of this? <laughs> that's what's clearly important right now. No, okay, so that was the show. I honestly really liked this show. I think it was a better show than last week, and it kind of had to be considering it was Halloween Havoc. So there we go, Matt. We yeah. had our first kind of like, you know, I don't want to say takeover, but our first special TV show, our first special with NXT 2.0. And there was a lot of cheese. There was still a lot of poop thrown at walls to see what sticks. But I think that these uh, this group did well with what they with, with what they have. I think I think I can say all of the following things safely, like like for sure. This would have been the worst takeover of all time. 
Easily. Easily. But it was not. It was not a takeover. What it was was the best NXT 2.0 show to date by far. So what that tells you is there's a wide chasm between what NXT used to be and what NXT is now, in a nutshell. But I do think that this was actually kind of watchable pretty decent. And also... You said this is the best NXT 2.0 show to date. Last week, we said the same. The previous week, I'm sure we said the same. At least it's trending in the right direction. Yeah, man. 100%. And, like, I kind of... I wish it was the previous build, but you can't hate on results. They're doing it right at this moment. We'll see where it is in three months, six months. We'll see if it even is on TV, if it's even a thing in three months, six months, a year. But for now, they're doing all right. Yeah, You're doing all right. scares me so much. It scares me so much, man. Um, but yeah, so next week we do have a tag team match. It's uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes versus Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano. Uh, so that happens. Also, also. Tony Tony D'Angelo Gabagool on uh, Lash Legends lashing out uh, program. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, we'll see how cheesy that is. But, yeah, yeah, no, overall, I really enjoyed the show. Any final thoughts before we move to the, across the pond and talk some NXT UK? No, man, I thought this was actually just, like, a surprisingly good show. I'm glad there wasn't a death in the women's ladder match. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go grab a pint and let's talk about NXT UK, homie. Sounds good. It's time to talk about NXT UK in a segment we like to call NXT UK Corner. We do love to give love to this show. Um, you know, and in this show, we typically call the best hour, the best TV show of WWE programming each and every week. And more often than not, it really, really, really is. Um, but, you know, yeah, like- we don't we don't go full on the way we talk about NXT NXT TV we kind of like touching on stuff um, and if there's a major match like last week we had an amazing match that everyone should watch which was your NXT UK champ Ilya Dragunov and he faced off against A-Kid you know if there's a match like that that's like you know four or five crumpets four or five supernovas four or five stars we will give it the time and respect that match deserves as we talk and analyze the match 100%. And yeah, like, honestly, you could say, like, we often say, as you said, NXT talk or uh, NXT UK, the best hour of wrestling on WWE television. And I think this was the rare week, Boris, that it wasn't. I think, you know, like Crown Jewel was really good. You can argue like SmackDown and Raw were very watchable. This was not in last week, the best hour. So it was a rare down episode, kind of a regroup episode for NXT UK. But yep. even that is better than your average wrestling show. Yeah, agreed. Like, I will admit, it's better than MLW. It's better than ROH. And I'm thinking hour-long <laughs> shows, right? Um, so, you know, NXT UK just does it right. If you can watch it, go out and seek it out. You get some awesome talent. And, you know, it's very much... You know, I'm I'm pretty sure Vincent Command has no idea that this even exists because they still <laughs> do things the UK indie scene way. I agree with that. Yeah, I, like if you 
made me choose between UK and regular NXT, I'd probably only watch UK. Regular NXT is definitely wackier. It's like there's more going on, but this is a better show by such a wide margin. It's crazy. Yep. All right, the show kicks off. Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness, they welcome fans to the show, and we kick things off with the women. We get the first match of the night, which was Aaliyah James versus Zaya Brookside. Um, this match was okay overall. Yeah, I really, I was impressed with Aaliyah James. Have we seen her? I Have we seen her before on this podcast since nope. we've been covering UK? I don't think this is her. Is it her first match in WWE officially? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, I don't want to say yes because I know someone would swear at us if we're wrong. So I will say, I don't know. Right. Uh, well, Boris, I quickly just looked it up. Uh, Aaliyah James debuted on the November fifth episode of NXT UK in a match won by our girl Ginny. So there you go. She uh, she has wrestled and lost a couple more times. I believe this is her first win on the uh, television yep. program. Yep. This was seen as an upset. The commentators kind of treated it like an upset. Zaya Brookside treated it like an upset. Um, so, yeah, Aaliyah James won this match. Um, yeah, so she it was, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this match. Her most appear, or her most recent appearance before this match was on the March 25th episode of NXT UK in a match against Isla Dawn. I don't think we were doing NXT UK yet by we March. We literally I think we started, started the week after. Summer. We started the week after. Really? Yep. How do you know that? Because it was the uh, WrestleMania special. True say. That's a really good call. Oh, there you go, buddy. So we just missed the cutoff on Aaliyah James. But yeah, I thought this was, you know, perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with it. It wasn't particularly great, but you definitely couldn't, like, say it was a bad wrestling match. Four minutes and 15 seconds. Aaliyah James with a big upset. We're going to go Mendoza line average. That's two and a half out of five. Two and a half supernovas out of five for this one. Yep. And then your NXT UK Women's Champion, Mikey Setamora, refuses to think Ginny has a chance of taking her title away from her. Um, the match is in two weeks. And how dare Michael say that? <laughs> Rude, for sure. About the great fashionista. Uh, but you know, this is the biggest match of Ginny's career by a grand, grand chasm. I'm very excited to see it. I hope she brings the thunder. Yep. And then Kenny Williams cut an ho a hilarious promo. <laughs> Honestly, you think this was written by Ginny or someone. Like, it was just so... This is the most Kenny Williams thing. For those people who don't know, like, Kenny Williams is a young, cocky, piece of trash, um, you know, wrestler. Like, he's so good, though. He's great in the ring and probably even better on the mic. He calls himself the scum of the earth, the cockroach, just like the absolute like lowest of the low bar heel. And he's great. I really it's been a while since we've been able to laugh and enjoy a Kenny Williams promo. But it's a treat when he's on this show. He's one of the, my favorite acts in all of WWE. I have all the time in the world for Kenny Williams in a fair world. This guy would be a star in this company. I don't know where his professional wrestling career is going to go. Cause he's a small kid signed to NXT UK, but in a fair world, this guy has like 
upper main event WWE level charisma. I'm dead serious. He is something special. He's a he's really really talented. Kenny Williams. Yep, Kenny Williams. Seek out YouTube videos. He's so good. So in this promo, he says all NXT UK is filled with insecure boys compared to him. He's ready to create the shock of their lives by becoming the next big thing. <laughs> Let's hook it to my veins. Let's see it, Kenny. Please give this kid the chance to do it. Yep. All right. Next match was Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff versus Symbiosis, which is consisted of Primate and T-Bone. Primate and T-Bone with Eddie Dennis, of course, Boris. Uh, yeah, this was this was a match. This you was all right. It what was my fine. favorite part of the match was. Keskase. Pretty deadly on commentary. Oh, by far. Yeah, they were very, very good. And I like that uh, Nigel McGinnis often mentions that uh, Pretty Deadly are Edge's favorite tag team because Edge sees himself in these guys. That's something that we've mentioned before, Boris. Don't these guys look like a young British Edge and Christian to you? A hundred percent. Like in everything they do, the way they act, like honestly, I can see if once they have a like a legit crowd, we're talking outside of the stud the BT studios where they're at. Um, I can honestly see them stealing a page out of Edge and Christian's book and doing a five second pose. But you know what but you know what's you know what makes me sad about those five second poses now? It's not the same what's that? because there is no more flash photography. That's a really good point. People turn your flash on your phones and turn to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what's funny about this match is we've spent more time talking about pretty deadly who are not in this wrestling match. It was a, it was a pretty standard basic wrestling match. Yeah. Uh, so Jack Stars, Dave Mastiff won by DQ. Honestly, nothing else to say. Yeah, Eddie Dennis, after eight minutes, what was it, eight nineteen? Eddie Dennis, who is uh, the leader of Symbiosis, attacks, uh, I believe it was Jack Stars with the steel chair, hits him with the steel chair on the outside of the ring for the disqualification. It was a wrestling match, two and a half, Mendoza, uh, 50%, supernova percented. Yep, then our boy, Charlie Dempsey. He says he's looking to continue building his legacy here on NXT UK. Uh, Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang rudely interrupt him. How dare they? When they walk away, Gallus finds themselves in a brawl with Tioman and Rohan Raja. I really like this because they're hinting that Dempsey might be bring, brought into the Tioman fold here. It kind of seemed like they, they made a point to show you Tioman and Rohan Raja on screen and Charlie Dempsey kind of looking off screen. Like, what are these guys about? Like what's going on? I think they're kind of hinting that Dempsey might be the next one in the crew. Rohan and Tioman have already talked about adding someone to the crew. Tioman specifically said he's going to add someone to the family. The family will grow. I think the growth is going to be Charlie Dempsey, buddy. And I think Charlie Dempsey is going to eventually become the leader of this group. Now, what's for those of you who haven't listened to us before or have missed an episode or two, go seek out a Charlie Dempsey match because Matt, what's his real name? His real name, 
Uh, what's his first name? I forget. He should he should be named Charles Regal. He is the son of Darren Matthews. He is the son of William Regal. He's baby Regal, and he wrestles just like his daddy. I thought his his first debut. Well, no, it wasn't his debut match to be fair, but his first W, his first big win in NXT was an awesome match. An incredible little performance from Charlie Dempsey. This kid has a ton of talent. Yep. In the ring, he's a he's just a wizard. He's a technician already. He's like WWE Zack Sabre Jr. Funny enough, because we could have had Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> I, you should see the could smile have. that I'm saying. I was like, like the the like the <laughs> thank God he's not he, he didn't stay smile. Yeah, he could he could be uh like focusing on his next job like Grand Metal League is, or he could be challenging for the IWGP championship at the next New Japan pay-per-view. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know what I have to say about any of that. Anyways, back to NXT UK. Supernova Sessions with Noam Dar. Dude, this. Oh, these guys are so good together because he was joined by your Heritage Cup champion, Tyler Bate, and then Trent Seven was just allowed to stay. I love this because, like, for the past several months, they've been kind of hinting, they've been planting the seeds of this breakup of Mustache Mountain. Um, you know, Tyler Bate is your champion, your Heritage Cup champion, and Trent Seven keeps booking him in matches that he doesn't agree to. He keeps doing stuff against his wishes. Trent Seven is kind of like, uh, you know, he he's um he's 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 he's, he's kind of doing too much and uh, there seems to be some back and forth between the two so i i really enjoyed this a lot trent seven being a little keen he's a little a uh, little bit of a keener i'm really enjoying this slow build to an eventual heel turn from trent seven i'm sure yeah no yeah. i'm dark this, there's a reason why our, our star rating system is supernovas, and that's because Noam Dar is a great man, and he deserves to be recognized every show at every twist and turn. This man is awesome. I friggin' love Noam Dar. You know what my favorite part maybe of the entire show was? When he says, maybe... Trent Seven, you're weighing Tyler Bate down. The way he said it, just because, you know, Trent Seven's a little bigger, right? Like, the way he said weighing <laughs> him down. Clever double entendre. And also, it's a perfect heel move to be the asshole who points that out and who progresses the storyline ahead, man. Oh, no, Amdar is so good. Just, just a top-level heel. Him and Kenny Williams... Unfortunately, they kind of play the same character, but they're both so great at it. Yeah, but there's only one Shaw Samuels with them, so and that Noam Dar has him. The great weight loss general, Shaw Samuels. He is a, a hero to Husky boys everywhere. Good on you, Shaw. Yep, so next week we have the Heritage Cup match. Dar is going to go one-on-one -on -one against Tyler Bate for the cup. Um, so backstage, your boy Jordan Devlin is getting one final workout in before his main event match against Joe Coffey. Um, both Mark Coffey and Wolfgang steal his gear. Uh, we get told that Rohan Raja is going to face Mark Coffey next week. And now it is time for your main event, Joe Coffey versus Jordan Devlin 2. Gallus is banned from ringside. I really like this because they uh, they... So, it, previously in the show, obviously, uh, 
Gallus stole Jordan Devlin's raincoat. So uh, Coffee comes out wearing Jordan Devlin's raincoat. And Jordan Devlin comes in and attacks him from the back, jumps the bell, as they say. But, but man, did he smash Joe Coffey with this back attack. I actually thought, like, I was worried that Joe Coffey smashed his jaw off the apron. Like, I was really, this was intense. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, this match. Yeah. This, I really like this match in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, Coffey, I like Coffee, but Jordan Devlin just, to me, you know, I hope he continues to get, a more prominent role in NXT UK. Um, he's honestly one of the better wrestlers in, in the group. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, and he was he got the big W, the Irish Ace. Uh, he takes down the Iron King in this match. Yeah, uh, a pretty standard one. Was fourteen minutes and eight seconds. Uh, yes, the Irish Ace gets the win. He, he won with a. Uh, well, the, the Devlin side is what he calls it. Yep, What's his finisher side. called? The Devlin side. The Devlin side. Yeah. That's our. Uh, <laughs> I think I might need a better name. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Jordan Devlin is a guy who has grown on me a lot. He's a guy who I had no time for when I started watching this NXT UK. I was like, oh, who's this guy with the big head, this ripoff Finn Balor? But if you actually watch more and more, he's a brilliant performer. He's really, really great. He's very good at this. Exactly. So that's the show. That is the show. That's NXT UK. Um, so, yeah. So if you are a new listener and you're listening to this on the free feed, make sure that you go to patreon.com slash radio. One dollar a week, four dollars a month, and you get a free show every single day. Well, not a free show. You get a wrestling show every single day. Um, so, you know, just to name a few. You get the midweek mark out with Jason Agnew and and uh, and Mark and Mark Andrade, and they talk all things Raw. Well, actually, they talk their lives, and then they talk Raw. Uh, you get NXT talk and on seventies. You rock sometimes yacht rock. They talk all kinds of things. Yep. You get NXT talk, which you're listening to, obviously, uh, on Wednesdays. Then on Thursdays, you get BAM Weekly. BAM Weekly, we like to call our catch-all show. It's whatever Matt and I are watching that week. You know, there might be an NWA pay-per-view, so we're watching NWA. We, You know, we typically watch ROH. We've been watching Impact because of Bound for Glory, and we've been watching a ton of of New Japan Pro Wrestling as their G1 was happening. But Matt, what do we have on BAM for tomorrow? Yeah, so BAM tomorrow, we're gonna do a top 10 best matches in Halloween Havoc history, Boris. We will see if any of the matches on tonight's NXT show cracked the top 10. We're also gonna do a little, uh, a brief little World Series preview, but by God, it might already be over. <laughs> Almost by the time you're here, not really, there's one game deep. But uh, yeah, we're gonna talk a little sports, we're gonna talk a little wrestling, nothing uh, specific about New Japan this week because we're taking a little New Japan break. I think you're gonna be back with uh, with a little impact action. Yeah, right? we're gonna be reviewing and chatting Bound Flogori, and we're gonna be really talking and discussing what the heck the impact is thinking and whether their booking actually makes sense for the long term because there was a lot of controversy coming out of bound for glory so be sure that's bam um you know uh, on thursday uh dynamite is back so your old 
Fucks, All Elite Weekly, Dan Lavransky, Joe Aguinaldo are going to be back and they're going to be chatting all things Dynamite. Uh, then on f- Saturday, you get not one but two shows. Uh, you get a Rampage review from the old fucks and you also get your East Coast dad, the dads, the Smack Daddies chatting SmackDown. And as a Patreon, you get the Sunday show, Sunday Night's Main Event by Jason Agnew early in the afternoon and typically it has a special kind of podcast version where we go talk about the stuff that we didn't get to on the show and I'm the I'm the co-host this week so that's going to be a lot of fun nice absolutely I hanging in there doing doing the thing being the glue guy here at SNME radio uh it'll be fun to talk Josh Alexander and that whole thing about uh impact wrestling because I think my opinion might differ slightly from yours boris also again because we like to dot our i's and cross our t's three and a half supernovas for jordan devlin versus joe coffee thank you all for listening and sticking around for this podcast for the last year i'm so so pumped to have even a small audience you can't understand how much i appreciate every single listener thank you all so much yeah yeah yeah